to talk. I got to tell what I feel. I got to talk about my life as I see it. Biggie. Welcome, folks, to the KIRP Radio Show. I'm your host, Pudgy. You guys know what it is, man. 619-638-859. 
Welcome to another beautiful KIRP radio show. Glad to have you guys on, and I'm definitely glad to be here tonight, this evening, 8.04 p.m. on the East Coast, folks. We got everybody in here live with us tonight. All the producers are here. I see Charlotte is in the queue. Hi, Charlotte. We'll get to you in just a second. And uh, stretchingyourbudget.com, you guys check that out right now, stretchingyourbudget.com. Check it out, check it out, check it out, check it out, check it out. Stretchingyourbudget.com, stretchingyourbudget.com, stretchingyourbudget.com. And also, shout out to all our people out there who are listening to us via uh, uh, via iTunes, you know, via iTunes. Shout out to all our iTunes folks out there. Uh, B-I-G, hashtag B-I-G-I-M-B. To all the people out there in South Carolina, I see L.A., I see Virginia, I see uh, more South Carolina, I see North Carolina. B.I.G. shout out to all you guys, man. I appreciate the love, and I appreciate you guys for listening to the KRP Radio Show. Check us out on Twitter. Right now, we got people on Twitter, so check us out on Twitter, at symbol KRP Radio Show. Definitely do a B.I.G. on there. Also, got to show love to my people out there at ECU. I see you guys. Rising freshmen. Mm, fresh meat to the party school. Not not that, no disrespect, ECU is not a party school. I take that back. Some folks have said that it is. I'm not going to go with that. I just say shout out to all the upcoming freshmen uh, who are going to college. Shout out to all the freshmen, no matter what college you're going to, man. It's a big move. It's definitely a major thing. I was out there today in uh, that, 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 that crazy store that we all go to. Um, that I think they really believe it's organized, but it's not that organized. It's always things all over the place. But Walmart, let me just say what it is. I was at Walmart just a little while ago. And, um, you know, the school supplies are out, the paper, the pencils, the 17 cents notebook. There's a jewel for you guys right there. See, Charlotte, I stole you early. Yeah, I'm the coupon man. Check that out. But, yeah, uh, you know, the Walmarts, the big box retailers, they all have, you know, sales going on right now for you to be able to get school supplies and pencils and paper and you know all that good stuff man so you guys mosey on over there and 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 get your school supplies up and get your kids ready to go to school so big shout out to all the rising college freshmen who are who are going to start um who have recently ended a long journey in through their childhood you know if you if you really sit back and think about it um graduating from school from especially from you know uh high school you know graduating from high school is probably if it's not the most the not the i think it's the first most important uh 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 uh, uh i don't know thing that you would overcome the the first major important thing of your life is is graduating high school uh especially if you graduate you know in your teens you know some people take the long journey like myself i took the long journey quit school went back uh got my adult high school diploma then went to college after that and 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 so on and so forth uh much more school after that uh need to go to school some more but to to the kids who i can't sugarcoat it you know to the kids who do it right you know, that's a major milestone. That, that's what it is. It's, it's a milestone. And, uh, you know, graduating from high school says to me now, to me, some people won't agree with this, but to me, graduating from high school says, welcome to the world. 
Like, welcome to adulthood. The journey of being a child has somewhat uh, concluded. You know, it's over with, you know, so far as in most cases, you know, mom and dad or mom or dad or grandma, granddad, whatever, someone else other than yourself uh, buying your clothes, you know, someone else other than yourself ironing your clothes or helping you prepare uh, for class or helping you prepare to get up in the morning or someone telling you to go to sleep or someone telling you to get up in the morning. To me, if you haven't already overcame those simple things, because those are simple things to me, uh, my small kids, for the most part, do it. And, uh, you know, I still have to remind them, you know, that it is what it is. But when you're in high school, uh, in, in my opinion, you should have overcame those things already. But in a lot of cases, you know, kids just don't. You know, this this is the world we're in today. Either kids are too grown or kids are too uh, childish, you know. So in, in my opinion, when you graduate from high school, that's your first uh, wake up call. And, 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 and not even right away, you know, not not even right away. And, I, and I've seen this, you know, with the background that I have, you know, I, we had a lot of people in my house, you know, in there like like roaches, <laughs> you know, Mexicans or whatever you want to call it. Uh, maybe not at one particular time, but there was always a cousin coming through. There was always a cousin coming over. It was always an aunt and an uncle that hit hard times and had to come stay with grandma. And that's where I was, uh, you know, totally my option. My mom, I live with my mom. She took care of me and my stepdad, but also I could go over grandma's when I want to, because, you know, I'm grandma's favorite. So I live with my grandma a lot and my mom. But anyway, uh, I've seen where some cousins of mine graduated from high school. Okay, and I don't think the reality of I'm an adult now set in with them at that point. Uh, I remember, though, I I remember, you know, my cousin Ty graduating from from, uh, high school and, you know, he kind of just kind of existed. He didn't go get a job. He wasn't applying to college. It was just he just kind of existed. He went on about himself through the summer and. He started bodybuilding for a while. He did this for a while. He did that for a while. He just kind of existed in space and just kind of enjoyed his summer, enjoyed his life. He had no bill obligations or anything like that, uh, you know, living at grandma's house. But still doesn't change the fact that, and especially a man, I'm not saying, not discrediting women, not saying that women don't have to, but it still doesn't change the fact that he wasn't preparing himself to be a man in this world today. And this is over 15, 20 years ago, but, you know, so I, I watched him, I, I watched him graduate. Okay. And I watched him kind of uh, uh, slide and, and, and slip through the summer and enjoy himself and have a good time and not prepare for college or get a job or anything like that. But one thing I, I, that I watched that, and, and as a kid, I saw this and I'll never forget it. Um, and I don't think a lot of adults see this, but as a kid, I was I, I was getting prepared to go back to school, clothes that is, you know, get my stuff together. And uh, I'm looking at him and, I'm, and, and I was going, actually, it was the first day of school. And I looked, he was sleeping on the couch and I looked at him and I mean, dad, and, and I said to myself, dad, you know, he's not going to school anymore. And, and that was just major to me. You know, and, and it may not be a big deal to other people, but when you really sit down and look at what we're saying, I mean, you've done this for 13 years of your life. You've done this one thing consistently. If you haven't done anything else, 
you've done this one particular thing consistently. Most people 13, some plus years, right? You've gotten yourself up every August normally, sometimes September in some cases for people. And you've prepared yourself a few days, few weeks, maybe a month prior to the first day of school. You put your clothes on, you grab your bag, and you set out for school. You've done that. Most of all of us have done that, you know, for 13 plus or minus years. So I'm looking at him and I'm going, wow, you know, he's not going to school anymore. He was just kind of asleep on the couch. He was laying there. You know, he wasn't saying anything. He was asleep. But I'm looking at him like, man, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I looked at it as a luxury or I looked at it as, as an eye-opener type of reality. And that moment kind of changed me uh, for the rest of my life. Thank God that it happened like that. Thank God that that was his way of, 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 of giving, me, giving me that knowledge and giving me that game. Because as I got older, I always thought back to that moment. And I, and I think about it oftentimes. But I thought back to that moment. And, and, and as I got older, I, I, you know, I, I, I had that. I replayed that moment in my mind. And I said to myself, you know what? No disrespect to my cousin because he's doing quite well today. But I said to myself, you know what? I'm never going to be wrong. Right. I'm never going to be tired. I'm never going to be that guy. I'm never going to finish school and not have an agenda afterwards and not have anything lined up afterwards. I'm not going to finish school and not be prepared for the world afterwards. As a matter of fact, I was saying to myself, as a matter of fact, I'm going to prepare for the world earlier. Like I'm going to learn what it takes to prepare, you know, before long before it's time for me to graduate so you know in some respect you know it it, it worked for me even if even though i took the long road and i did things so very unorthodox but i took the long road and thank god for that mentality thank god for those thoughts and thank god for him showing me you know for, for allowing me to be in the space that i was in to be able to see and comprehend what i was seeing you know because i don't even believe he understood what was going on at that point to him, it was just, man, I finally got this over with. I'm out of school. I'm just about to have a good time. Life begins now. Well, well maybe not even life begins now. It, it was just, I'm out of school. And, and that happens for a lot of kids who, young adults, who graduate from high school. They graduate with no plan. They graduate with no, no agenda, you know, no thrill, and especially with no preparation for life. You know, because let's face it, life begins, if it didn't begin for you before, it definitely begins for you once you graduate from high school. So to all my kids and, and, and all my young adults, pardon me, to all my young adults out there who have graduated, who is preparing to graduate, uh, who's looking forward to graduate, maybe the first half of the semester or what may have you, or who who's, you know, preparing to go to college, have a plan, A, B, C, D, all the way through Z. And And when I say that, I don't say it in vain. I mean, actually write down what your plan is, you know, write something down saying, hey, this is what I'm going to do if all else fails, right? This is the plan. This is what I intend to do. And if that doesn't work out, plan to do something else. And if that doesn't work out, you plan to do something else. And I might sound too repetitive and I might sound crazy, but I promise you, if you're somewhat prepared for anything, it'll be a lot smoother for you in time as, as you go on in life, all right? So if I got to drop a jewel, that's the only jewel I got to give you guys uh, about that. You know, all my all my rising freshmen, shout out to you guys. I see you guys. 
I got a bunch of freshmen on with me now, or two freshmen on with me right now, helping me on the boards. It is nice to see my whole, almost my whole team, uh, you know, in, in social media land with me tonight. Some of these guys I hadn't seen in quite some time. Sent an email out. Too bad. Sorry, I don't have my phone. Phone's messed up, folks. I'm not ducking phone calls. It is just off. But you know what? I sat down today. Shout out my cousin, Rashad, my brother, Rashad Woods, came through. You guys know him, VP, Love and Father Society. We might bring him on the show, too. I'm, I'm going to call him up and see if he want to come on and have this conversation with me. I'm slightly unprepared. Supposed to have a guest with me on tonight. But you know what? We're talking about parenting. You know, and that, that's not a hard topic for me. <laughs> I have five. And, uh, you know, I, I've been parenting for, for the last uh, – 17 years of my life right now so i'm a veteran at this some people are, are, are more of a vet than me but i feel like i'm a vet at this man and on any job or, or or any place that someone's put in 17 years at something and and i'm gonna say successfully thank god i'm gonna say successfully so for anybody who has worked a job or who's been maintaining something for 17 years consistently without uh uh too much error <laughs> Okay, I can't say without error, but without too much error and you're still surviving it and you're still doing it and doing it well, shout out to you, man. That's a veteran. I'm an OG in this thing. Not a double OG, but definitely an OG thing, man. 619-638-8559 is the number, folks. Got to go to a commercial. I know I'm two minutes over. When we come back, we're going to talk about parenting, man, and I'm going to see if we can get a hold of my brother Rashad Woods out there, see if he can come on, man. And if he's on, hit the number one. We got... Eight people on right now, but I'm, I can't remember his number by heart. Hit that number one, brother, if you're on here, and I think I see his number. Is 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 well, you don't, you guys don't know. If that is hit that number one, man, I wanna I wanna get your opinion on this uh, topic on parenting, man. The topic of discussion, folks. In case you don't know, it is what can a person who is not a parent tell a person who is a parent. Can a parent, can a person who's not a parent give good parenting advice to a parent or should they just shut the hell up? Should they just sit back and say nothing and leave it alone? You know, a lot of times we run into people who are always trying to tell you and what you need to do with your kids and they don't even have any experience in that. But I've heard good advice come from people who don't have any kids. I've also heard horrible advice from people who don't have kids. So my question to you guys is, should they say something or should they shut up? 619-638-8559 is the number. We'll be right back after these messages, baby. We got to go to a commercial. Don't forget, you can check us out on iTunes. All right, you could also check us out on the website, which is kirpradioshow.com. You could also check us out online. You can check us out on Twitter. And if you want to know the Twitter handle, it's at symbol. Yo, y'all chill out, man. See, they're making jokes in the chat room. I can talk. I might can't talk well, but I can, I can get the words out. All right, I'm not Martin Luther King or nothing. I can get the words out. Anyway, we got to go to commercial, man. I'm, I'm over time. I got to go to about 820. You rocking with the KRP Radio Show, baby. We'll be right back after these messages. North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. 
The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com. The number one online music tournament. Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? Wee! Wee, wee, wee! 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 Yeah? You're home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Mr. President, members of Congress, you've been making a lot of noise about taking our guns away. But you might want to review history. 1835, Gonzales, Texas Territory. The authorities wanted to confiscate the big gun that protected that colony. You know what the people said? Come and take it. Because they were willing to fight for their freedom and their guns. So are we. Come and take it if you want it. Come and take it if you think you can. Come and take it, but I want you. You'll have to pry it from my cold dead hands. We want the freedom that God gave us. So you best not cross that line. If you want this gun, you gotta come through us and take it. One shot at a time. Just like Gonzalez. We're keeping our guns.
was about to start rapping in this piece, y'all. What's up, baby? Welcome back to the KIRP Radio Show with your host, Pudgy, at NC Pudgy on Twitter, at KIRP Radio Show on Twitter as well. You can also check us out on Facebook. It's facebook.com backslash KIRP Radio Show. Check us out on iTunes, man. The iTunes is on fire this time around, y'all. Check it out. Make sure you uh, hit us up in the search bar or look for us in the podcast. Just put in KIRP Radio Show. Three words, KIRP Radio and Show, and you'll find all the previous broadcasts from other times and all over the place and do what we do. Also, guys, check out uh, a couple of things we got going on or a couple of things that I and my partners have going on, my team, if you want to say. Uh, look up LovingFatherSociety.com. We should have some updates on the website this week, right, fellas? Yeah, since y'all back, you should have some updates on the site this week. You can also check out The Miller Event, T-H-E, MillerEvent.com, and you'll see all the highlights from the football camp that we put on, man. It was a beautiful thing, which was also sponsored by the Loving Father Society. Uh, you guys know we have an agenda. Our first agenda is... Uh, what what me and Rashad like to identify as loving being a black father and letting the world know that we love being black fathers and it's not about a race thing, it's about a love thing. So our goal is to be able to put identify uh, specific things that various races go through and ethnic groups go through and be able to discuss those things in a first-hand manner on a first-hand basis. Uh, that's why we head up the agenda, uh, I Love Being a Black Father. Check that out on Facebook as well. And, uh, you know, we're looking for more help, man. We're looking for white fathers out there, Mexican, Latino, Jamaican, whatever you are, whoever you are, whatever you identify with. We don't have a problem with you identifying by that. You know, you, you can't, when you're loving somebody, you're not talking hate. You know, it's only one way to talk hate, and that's talk hate. And, you know, we don't talk hate. It's okay for me to love you and love everybody else, and love me and love everybody else at the same time. So we also recognize and understand that sometimes it's simply different. You know, we, we there's no way that I could go to Asia and explain to them what happens in an Asian household. You know, it's it's just not that way. Things are different. Things are different when you go from one house to the next, folks. So, you know, yeah, sometimes you got to be specific in what you're talking about. And that, that's, that's what we intend to do. And that's what we do. So, uh, you know, make sure you guys check that out, man. LovingFatherSociety.com. Check us out on Facebook.com backslash I Love Being a Black Father. Check out the KRP Radio Show page on Facebook. And a host of, of, of various other things we got going on, man. Love and Father Society is definitely a platform that uh, makes it able for us to do all the things that we do. And, uh, you know, there's nothing negative about a loving father, right? You know, people will find negative negativity in anything that they choose to, but this time they're wrong. So uh, also just to let you guys know, we'll be doing some fundraisers really, really, really soon. Sometimes around, I would like to say, August, September. Uh, we're going to have a post poker social, uh, two poker socials, one in the triangle area of North Carolina, one in the triad of North Carolina, hoping to have them also in South Carolina and Georgia. We're also going to have an art expo, both in the triad and the triangle on two different occasions. So, you know, bring your poker face on, man. Bring your poker glasses, your hats, bring your poker game, and don't forget your checkbook. And we're going to go in. We're going to have a good time. We're definitely going to have some gifts and surprises to the winners and winner-ups. And uh, we're just going to have a good time and do something positive and support something positive. So I'm definitely looking forward to these uh, to these things that we plan to do and uh, definitely looking forward to having those events. Uh, talking parenting, people. Yeah, talking parenting. We talk parenting a lot on this show because of 
what my nonprofit is, and it's a passion of mine. And uh, But this time, we're talking parenting with a twist. You know, I'm not trying to tell anybody what they need to do or anything like that. Uh, this time, I just, I'm just simply asking the question, you know, uh, and the question is, can a person who don't have kids give a parent good parenting advice? It's simple. Some people think that, you know, folks who don't have children should shut up altogether. Some people think that, you know, it's okay to give me advice, but I don't have to listen to it. So I want to know what the people have to say. I'm not totally prepared for this show, so we're going off the cuff, and it's more like a conversation. But really, folks, that's how I like it. Going to a call, I think this is my brother Rashad Woods. What's up, yo? What's going on, man? What took you so long, man? What, what are you doing? Man, I was uh, parenting, man. I'm play- I was playing a video game with my son, just me and him, so I decided, you know, I will up on the while, uh, you know, uh, my oldest boys are gone. My daughter's upstairs with her mom, so I decided I will up on uh, playing a little fight night. But uh, I had to pause it for a second so we can uh, talk a little business. Well, shout out to J-Mo, first of all, man. B-I-G, can you hear me okay, Rashad? Am I too loud? I can hear you quiet? All right, yeah, great. Really so good. shout out to J-Mo, first of all. Jalen, shout out. B-I-G, shout out to my nephew, Jalen. B-I-G, shout out. I'm talking super B-I-G. Came up huge today in the in the Love and Father Society basketball game that we have every Sunday. Just for, so folks, you guys make sure you come out to the Windsor Center. We try to get out there around twelve thirty. We just bring the kids out and play a little basketball, man. We always get some water. We put our little thing together, man. We go out there and we just play ball. Nothing too crazy, nothing too serious, nothing too formal. We just go have a good time. You know that's what it used to be. Uh, adults would go out, children would go out, and we would just enjoy ourselves and enjoy each other. So we're trying to bring a little bit of that back. Um, Rashad, what do you think about this? Uh, 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 people who aren't parents giving you advice about your kids. Well, um, it's kind of a you know a thin line. I could say sometimes it's a thin line. You know, when uh, you know just based off of being a parent and having the experience versus someone who doesn't have that experience and you know parenting. And 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 again, like I say, it's just that. Depending upon the person, it's a thin line. You know, um, sometimes, you know, good advice is good advice, no matter where, who is coming from sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you t- I've taken good advice from many people I felt, you know, it could be a stranger, it could be a bum on the street, but sometimes good advice is just good advice, regardless. But it, it, isn't it different? Okay, okay, okay. Let me, let me cut the chase a little bit. Let me, let me cut the chase a little bit. I see y'all laughing at me in the chat room. Y'all heard me eating, right? Let me cut the chase a little bit. Um, man, this beans and rice is banging, by the way. Um, uh, when it's personal, though, isn't it different? Like, for example, you may understand something about your kids. Like, you understand their way. You know how they operate, right? I'm sure you do. You know your kids, right? You know how they operate. Sure. You understand everything about them, even things that they don't even realize, right? You, you see that. You see, you, you you know when they're lying, you know when they, they're, they're going, you know when they're sad, you know when they're happy, you see their emotional state, you, you know things about them. So, uh, speaking for myself, I parent off that sometimes, right? Because I know how my kids are, so sometimes I have to put them in different positions because I know them, I know how they react. So, you may do some things that society don't think is okay. You may say some things that People on the outside don't agree with. Like, let, let me get let me get personal without putting too much of our business out there, right? Our, our kids play sports. Sure. And Rashad and I, for everybody else who don't know, 
were were highly above average in 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 uh basketball uh growing up back in school you know we we weren't the average guys we really we bust the ass for my language we got busy so Absolutely. when our kids take it serious and they decide that they want to be serious about basketball and or or anything else by the way but we're just talking basketball for a moment so sometimes you say some stuff to them that's rough now I get it because I do the same thing. So let's take, for example, if you said to your son, if he said, you know what, I'm going to go out loud. We're in the park. I'm a stranger right now. Ro- little role play. No, no homo. And, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's say you said to your son, man, you, you ain't going to do nothing, man. You're always playing around. You, you're always talking about what you're going to do. You ain't going to do nothing. So me being a stranger, now I hear you say that. So now I don't know the background of this story, but I'm going to pull you to the side because I'm, I'm not going to make a I'm not going to make it a confrontation. You know, maybe when he's away and when we're just chilling, sitting on a bench or whatever. Now I say to you, sir, you know, you shouldn't say that to your son. That's discouraging to him. How would you take that? Again, like I said, it's a thin line. I mean, I wouldn't take it well because I first, first of all, that's my son. <laughs> And and that's pretty. That's how that's how it's going to come across nine times out of ten. When you have kids, and again, when a stranger or somebody who doesn't have kids try to tell you, you know, the appropriate way or the right way, or advise you on something that they think they know, then it's going to always be some type of uh, friction. I think in that conversation, it's not going to. I don't think it's always going to come out well. I mean, and then you can address it in a in the right manner, but again, you can. I mean, it's it's not going to come across to a parent. Me personally, and I can, you know, in that example, I can say something different. Man, you sorry, and I tell and I tell my son that you know, not dis- discourage him, but just to make him, just to just try to make him mad or and and encourage him or not encourage, but make him play harder. So if I'm telling him, man, you sorry, and it was like you know, and a young and somebody else said, man, why are you talking to that kid like that? That's my kid. Mm-hmm. I can talk to him that way. Because I so know that will make him want to play a little bit more, you know, a little bit more harder, and uh, you know, just it, it'll it'll get to him to the point where he'll have to react and react in a way that I I know that he will react to it. Well, I'm the stranger right now, and I still think when you talk to your son like that, I think it's discouraging. I think you put him down. I think you've embarrassed him out here in front of us, and that's just not cool, man. You you really shouldn't be talking to him like that. If I had a son, I wouldn't talk to my son like that, sir. Well, sir, again, this is my son, and um, until you have kids, and I know that's going to – until you have kids. That is. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. Right? Because because truthfully, right, at the, at the end of the day, to me now, no matter what we say, okay, no matter what we do, there's always with, – with people who don't have children, and, and if we know it, right, and even if we don't know it, I think it comes up because if you don't see their children around and they're trying to tell you something about parenting, I think you ask the question because it, 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 it's something that matters, you know, because you, you, it's almost you've had to have been there to understand where I'm going and not from the child perspective but from the parent perspective. So when, 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 all, when it's all said and done, the underlying issue is that you don't have kids and I do, so you ain't going to tell me. Right. Anytime you disagree, that always comes up. And you just said it. You know, uh, that's my child. And, and you don't even have kids. Where are your kids at? You, you don't even have kids. You know what I mean? 
And that's pretty much how it goes, you know, and, and it's always going to go be how it goes. You know, like I said, I understand. I've been there. I've, I've had that happen. So I, I know there's something that, uh, and it has to be said sometimes. I think it just, you know, sometimes being in that position, some people kind of overstep their boundaries because they don't know until they do have kids. I mean, it's, it's, people say what they won't do to their child or won't say to their child or how they won't do this, how they won't do that when they don't have kids, but when they do have kids, it's a, it's, it's a whole different ball game. It, 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 you know, all the other stuff goes out the window. All that stuff you read in the books, all that stuff you saw on the blog, all that stuff you saw on the Internet, all those things you saw <laughs> or read about goes out the window. Okay, you know, me, everybody, me, can't, me. everybody doesn't parent the same way, so that's why I know, you know, you're going to parent how you, would, you know, According to your child, you have to parent to each individual child differently than you do. You have to, you know, parent to each individual child differently. Absolutely, it is personal, man. It it, it is very personal. It is very first person. It's first hand. It's 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 one on one a lot of the times. Like we both have multiples, but it's one on one a lot of the times because all kids do not act or react the same. You know, they don't act nor react the same. And, and and a lot of times in parenting, especially discipline, it's a it's a reaction to an action. You know, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's a reflex to uh, something that one of them have done or or one of them could have done, and you still don't even know which one. So a lot of times we react to the situations. So you know, it it, it has to be uh, it has to be right. It has to be personal. It has you have to have some background, which brings me to this question and 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 this one. You know, I'd really like your insight on it. And, uh, you know, I, it's, it's unfortunately, it's the nature of the beast. But if you look at what we have in the public school now, which is another reason, you know, I can find a million reasons why I support school choice, first of all. A million reasons. I'm all about freedom no matter what, okay? As much as I don't like, as much as I talk about weed being a gateway drug and all this stuff, listen, at the end of the day, I'm all about freedom. Okay, I'm not that's not going to change how I feel about things when I don't like it. But at the end of the day, I am so all about freedom and it is what it is. People people should be able to do what they want to do. And that's just what it is, because they're going to have to suffer the consequences for whatever it is. But anyway, uh, if you look at the school system, Rod, the public school system is now. uh, Maybe it wasn't that way when we were in school, especially not elementary school. But at at this point and, and, and also see in the future. The public school system has a major influx in teachers who aren't parents, okay? A lot of the teachers in school, a lot of the teachers that teach both of our children or have taught both of our kids, all of our kids, they don't have any parenting experience. The only experience they have is some spending some time in the classroom as an intern, okay, and, and, and what they learned in college. So I would say, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that, and y'all, y'all quote me on the blog tomorrow, please, but I'm going to go out here on the limb and I'm going to say they don't have the right experience uh, at not being a parent and then going into the educational system. So is this the reason or is this part of the reason why the rule changes in the school have been so crazy? Uh, 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 some of the th- some of the suspensions that we see are unjust. Uh, you know, uh, the the zero tolerance policy. With you know, I went in a couple of elementary schools and they couldn't even talk during during uh, uh, what lunch. was it lunch? 
couldn't even talk during lunch, you know, and, and they wouldn't tell the kids to be quiet. They would hold up a sign, and, and, and when this particular sign is up or this particular color is up, the kids need to know not to say anything. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'll go back to my question here in a second, but correct me if I'm wrong. Now, you, 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 public school works like this. You go to school in the morning. Maybe you have breakfast or maybe not, but you go to your first class or your homeroom or whatever class it is. You can't talk, okay? Uh, you have to raise your hand to talk. You have to raise your hand to go to the bathroom. Understandably so, you have to have some kind of controls in the classroom or some kind of, some kind of organization. I'll say that. So you, you're not really talking in the classroom. You're not really interacting unless there's an exercise that allows you to interact. So then you go, you get in the line, maybe you go to the bathroom, maybe you go to another class or, or whatever. You have five or ten minutes in between that, all right? You really don't have time to talk. You got to get to your next class or you got to go to your locker or you got to go to the bathroom and you, maybe you get to say a couple words in there and then you got to go back to the next class where you got to raise your hand to talk, got to go raise your hand to go to the bathroom. There's no interaction with anybody beside you or behind you or the consequences is they're going to kick you out of class and they're going to put you in detention where you definitely can't talk all day. So... To me, that makes no sense, right? That, that, that makes no sense. And I'm wondering, is, is, it wasn't like that for us. So, you know, we had time to talk. We were allowed to express ourselves, and we weren't deemed crazy, and they didn't put us on, you know, all types of medica- medication because they couldn't control us. They had control of the situation. It was organized. So I, I wonder, are these rules that we're seeing and all this extracurricular uh, uh, punishment, if you will, in the school system, in the public school system, the, the result of having younger teachers, so many young teachers, and, and a lot of teachers that are parents. I think so. I mean, uh, you know, just by personal experience, I mean, you know, you know, with us having kids and, you know, going through kindergarten up until I have a, what, uh, what grade is my daughter? What is grade eight? Is going. She's going to the second grade. And an upcoming seventh grader and upcoming eleventh graders, you know, we've gone through different numerous teachers. You know, and teachers, mm-hmm. some teachers don't have kids. You know, and they there's some things that you have to question when it when it comes to your your kids. And if you and you should always get to know your the teachers anyway, so that you can understand, you know, what they're telling the kids. You know, and what's appro- what type of punishments are appropriate and and not appropriate. Because sometimes, you know, you you knowing your kids can sometimes help out a situation or you can know if your child has been wrong because you know that certain things your child wouldn't do, but this parent or this teacher or guidance counselor, whomever it may be, will say, well, my child, your child did this, but you know, sometimes, you know, you, you know your child too well to know that oh, my child wouldn't do that. My child doesn't behave this way. There's something that had to happen in order for my child to, to act that way. And a lot of times you, you see these teachers and they're, and they're young, they're fresh out of college or, and, they're coming in and trying to implement things that they think may work, not having that experience. And I right. think that also goes along with, you know, like I said, your counselors or your psychiatrists. And, 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 you know, a lot of times, you know, people go to psychiatrists who it's like, you know, going to therapy for some for your relationship and your therapist doesn't even have a mate. I never understood <laughs> it, but, you know, some people do that. <laughs> some people do that. I never understood it. No matter what books you read, you it doesn't. It doesn't equate to being in a relationship and having the experience of being in that relationship or being being a parent. So, you know, it does. I think a lot of the rules that are being made or implemented are because of people who don't have the experience. You know, they may have the experience. You know, 
educational-wise as far as what the requirements are to be a teacher, to be a guidance counselor or whatever else, but having that experience. And, I, and sometimes it would be crazy if people had to have that experience. You have to have a kid in order to teach kids. Then that'll be, you know, that would be something. People say, no, 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 it can't be that way. But you have to understand, be able to understand kids and understand, you know, the the things that go on from the eyes of a parent and from the, you know, knowing kids. So I think it's you're better equipped for the job if you do have that experience. And nine times out of ten, when you you know go to different jobs, you do you expect that person taking the job to have experience. Right, and and, and I I agree with that because I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying it's impossible, right? I'm I'm not saying it's impossible because that would be ludicrous to say I I, I get you know even being a first time parent, you won't have experience in that usually. You know, being a first time parent usually that. Even if you've experienced and you've babysat and, you know, you've had little brothers and sisters where you've helped out, there's still nothing uh, uh, quite like the total experience. You know what I mean? The total experience is totally different than anyone could tell you, explain to you, or any kind of uh, uh, brief experience that you've had because you have them every day and every night. And every decision you make, you know, counts. You know, you don't get a do-over. Every decision you make counts, and, and, and it has to matter, and it does matter. So, you know, it's, it's very different. It's vastly different. But uh, on the school system, you know, it, it's amazing because I don't think you could, you know, I don't I don't even know if you could have enough teachers if that was a prerequisite. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I don't that, know. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that was just something I was, you know, it's just, it just far-fetched. But, you know, that's sometimes, you know, this is what these teachers come on. They they face when they go to school, when when there are things that are going on in classrooms with the kids, and then when these these teachers talk to these parents, it's more so like, well, you don't even have kids, and I, and I know t- teachers hear this probably more than anyone else. You don't even have kids. How are you going to tell me about this, that, and the third? You know, right. because they're expected to be teachers, they're expected to be parents, they're expected to be you know mothers, they're expected to be all those things in one, in an eight hour setting. So, see, you know, and I, and I know teachers teachers do get that all the time. I don't know if it's feasible, though, and, and I agree with that, by the way. 619-638-8559, Oakland, I see you. Um, listen, I don't, I don't know if it's – Atlanta, excuse me. I don't know if it's feasible, right? I don't even know if it's feasible, Rob, but I think I like it, man, because, I mean, let, look, listen, let's look at it like this, right? Let's, let's look at it like this. Um. If you go apply for a job, usually, even if you have uh, the education, if you meet the educational standards, you still have to have some experience. A lot of the times. Not all of the time. Not all of the time. But a lot of the times. Um, Now, in the educational system, because it's publicly funded, you... (laughs) This is crazy now if you just look at the flip side of it. You don't have to have experience per se, but you do have to have the education to get the job. But the education does not give you the experience to (laughs) adequately do the job, right? It's it's crazy. So I can support, you know, I I could really support, and this is my first time thinking about this, by the way. I did not prepare for this show. I was going to have a guest on who's a specialist going to come on and talk about this stuff from a professional standpoint, and I was just going to rebuttal. But before the show, I was kind of putting some thought into it, you know, and, and running these things through my mind. But, you know, I think I like that 
uh, teachers should be parents. And I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but it's like you should almost have to have a year of parenting. In. And I'm laughing about this because I, you know, <laughs> I know it would never fly. I'm laughing about it. I promise. I know it'll never fly. But I really like the I, I really like the sound of uh, uh, of that being in your in your, uh, your your job qualifications. You know, must have at least one to three years of parenting before you can apply for this. I like that, man. You know, and, and maybe that would go with a certain age of people, right? A certain age of children. You know what I mean? Because when when kids get older, you know, maybe twelfth grade, eleventh grade. You know, a lot of them, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them act more like adults and. And I think the key to working with kids of that age is a respect factor. I, I, I've learned that if you respect those kids and you demand respect at the same time, and it has to be zero tolerance, by the way, right? It has to be zero tolerance when working with teenagers. I, I've understand that. I've been through it. I've worked with them. I've hired some over the years, over the many years. And I've learned that it's a zero tolerance respect factor. You have to give them enough rope. And treat them as young adults, at, but children at the same time. But you have to give them the adequate respect as you would another adult if you want to receive that kind of respect, right? But at the same time, Absolutely. when they step over that line, it's zero tolerance. You cannot allow it, not one time, not half a time. You can't excuse it. You have to go ahead and jump all over it and dead it right then. Unless you want to lose control of your class. Or Absolutely. if you want to lose control of the situation. So th- that's something that I've learned, and, and you know, I, I keep that with me. So maybe in, in teaching older kids, you know, maybe you won't need that one to three years parenting uh, 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 experience. But I, I definitely with younger kids, like I, I coached last year. This is the first time, no, third, third or fourth time. I can't remember. Maybe fifth time. Fifth time uh, that I've coached six to eight-year-olds. And – I'm demanding as a coach, but you know what? You gotta you gotta reel a little bit of that back when you're coaching six to eight year olds. You know what I mean for two hours a day, yes, a, about fifteen hours a week altogether, maybe maybe twenty sometimes. And I don't care what you do and what you say, no matter how mean you are, how good you are, how sweet you are, a six year old gonna listen to you about when they feel like it, <laughs> and you're gonna repeat yourself over and over and over and over and over again. And and had I not had any parenting experience. I can't imagine how I would react to 20, well, we have 25 to 36 to 8-year-olds trying to tell them all something to do and grab all of their attention at the same time. I couldn't imagine what it would be like trying to get that across and trying to teach these kids and talk to these kids and maintain their, uh, 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 you know, maintain their attention if I didn't have the experience at home. You know, I couldn't imagine what it would be like, especially on every on a daily basis. And then Rod throw in the fact that a lot of these uh, teachers, no disrespect to these teachers at all, no disrespect to these young teachers or older teachers either, either who have just shout gotten out to in the game. Shout out to shout all out the teachers. Shout out to all the teachers. Big shout out to you. Big IMG. You know what it is. But I can't help but to say, every day, it's got to be a burden, man. If you don't have children at home. Every day is definitely a burden. It's definitely a burden. It's something new you got to deal with. It, when you're just interning, it, it ain't the same because it's not your class. You always got some help. They expect you to screw up so people are looking in on you. But when it's yours and you got to teach this lesson, you have an agenda, 
and there's an A to Z that you have to go by, and there's a book that says you got to get this completed, and every child in this classroom needs to be at this level, but you can't get past, they won't listen? It's got to be frustrating, brother. Yeah, and I know it is. I mean, let me ask you this. Can you tell the difference between a, a teacher who doesn't have kids and a teacher who does have kids? Uh, you know what? Majority, 99% of the time, hell yes. 99% of the times, hell yes. If they're a veteran teacher, I can't. I can't. I have not been able to do that. But most younger teachers, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because what what I've seen, and maybe my wife is telling me this, but what I've seen, I've seen teachers who barely like to touch the kids. Like some teachers would just grab a kid's arm without thinking, and, and I don't mean in a mean way. I don't mean in a bad way. They'll just grab their arm and grab their hand, and they'll handle your kids different. They'll handle the kids different. But if you really look and you pay attention from what I'm seeing, they don't, the teachers that don't have kids, they don't handle them the same. It's like they're afraid to touch them almost, mm-hmm. or, you know, they barely touch them, or they don't want the kids on them. They don't want the kids around them. It's, it's very impersonal. Uh, it's overly strict especially for younger kids, is overly strict. And, and it's almost a meanish type of I'm afraid demeanor uh, with their interaction around the kids. It's almost like I'm in charge, I'm the teacher, and you're going to listen, but you and me both know that don't work with kids. <laughs> that, that don't work. That don't work. You can scare the kids all you want. They still ain't going to listen. They still going to do stuff wrong. It is what it is. And we got the power to whoop ours, <laughs> and they still do stuff wrong <laughs> every day. So you know what they're doing in that classroom, what the kids say, they turn up. They are turned up in that class. But, you know, to answer your question, yeah, I, I, 99% of the time, Tom, I, I think I can. Now, if you, you know, if you put me on, on a, you know, on camera or on a show, I, maybe I'd get it wrong. But, you know, a, a lot of the times in my life, you know, when I've seen teachers react a certain way or act a certain way or, or even when they say certain things in the classroom, I know right off back, yeah. You don't have kids at home. Ain't no way. Or he don't have he don't have kids at home. Ain't no way. No way. Yes, and I I, I think so. Sometimes you just can tell. You know, I I, well, I think Adriana had a, a fairly young teacher this this year, and even you know she was been in kindergarten last year. This year you can tell the difference between the teachers, and I I, I you can tell you and, and the kindergarten teacher is more so a veteran, uh, mm-hmm. and I, she did have kids, but. You can tell the difference. You can just look at them, and you can tell, you know, the way things were said and the respect that was demanded or that was that she was given. You can tell the difference and you know, and just that. But, you know, like you said, put us on TV, put us on, a, you know, somewhere else, and we asked that or, you know, doing the numbers or a percentage. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're wrong as far as being able to tell, but you want that. And, again, you know, being a parent may not necessarily – we, as what we're talking about, as far as having you know nieces and nephews, you may take care of you now. Then you are parenting, but just right. not even not having that at all in your life. You know, you're just you, and you come to work every day to be the best teacher you are uh, striving to be, and you come into the classroom, and we can you know it's it's uh, it's you're able to tell that that's what it is. You don't have you don't have that type of experience, so you're you're you know pretty much going as you going each day trying to, you know, figure it out or do the best that you can each day as a as a teacher, you know, that doesn't have that experience. But, you know, any any teacher that has experience 
because she's going to bring that experience into the classroom most nine times out of ten, I think. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like I said, she understands or any teacher would understand this is how I have to do. I'm going to, you know, implement, you know, what I think is best or how I parent into some of these kids, and I'm going to have to do it differently for the 30 kids or 25 kids that I have in this classroom these days. So, again, like I said, it, you may be able to tell, and we, we sometimes we think we can tell, but you, you never you never know. But I, I think that, you know, me personally, sometimes I just feel like I can tell the difference. I You know, like like I said, man, the, the major part, you know, of my experience, and, and I think you have to be around for a while, though. I mean, a lot of the times you can't tell right off bat, but I, I will say, if, if you're picking your kids up from school and, and their teacher happens to be out there with them and while you're driving up, you know, you can tell uh, from the interaction that they have with the kids. You know, a, a lot of the teachers who don't have kids or maybe they don't like kids, that's the other part of it, too. And that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, sometimes <laughs> teachers don't like kids, man, and they, they don't. They, they get in. It's no different than someone going to work with you or me and they're only in it for – a check. They're not in it for a career. They don't care what happens there. They don't care what goes on, but they're efficient in what they do. They come to work on time. They work while they're there, and when it's time to go, they go. So they're only there for a check. They, they could care less about anything else. So, you know, we'd be fools to think that they're not teachers out there who think the same way. You know, they're in it for a career. They're like, hey, I want to get this pension. This is a good-paying job. It's on a nine, 10-month calendar. I still get paid for 12. You know, if I don't take vacation, those vacation days accrue. You know, don't get me to talking about teaching benefits because I'll be on here all day. You know, I'll definitely be on here all day talking about teaching benefits because there are some great benefits to being a teacher despite, you know, so many people talking about teachers being underpaid, and, and, which is a whole other conversation. But I, I, I will ask you let, – let me ask you this on that, and, and, and I know we got to go, but I, I, I want to ask you this. What You know, they say – a lot of teachers say, you know, 20 – was it 28,000? Uh, starting pay or thirty two thousand in some cases is not adequate pay. In North Carolina teachers pay starts somewhere between twenty six to thirty two thousand dollars and it tops out somewhere around a hundred and fifteen, hundred and sixty K I don't know, somewhere around that uh, uh, greater than a hundred thousand dollars, let's just say. Uh you also get a pension. You you know all the benefits teachers get. Do you feel like that's adequate pay for a 10-month calendar with 22 sick days and at least two week, two to three weeks vacation days, plus all oh. postal holidays and major holidays? Let me ask you. This is a setup question. <laughs> um, it just, um, to be honest, in an eight-hour day dealing with so much, I mean, if you just put in, you know, as far as work-wise, that's all that a teacher does uh, endure. Just being a teacher, like you said, we you know, we're talking about parenting. We're talking about, you know, all those things. They're going to be a psychologist. They're going to be, I mean, a therapist. They're going to be a oh yeah, a mother. They're going to be, um, you know, if it's a it's a male, they're going to be a, a father or uncle. They're going to be. It's a lot that each a teacher has to endure with numerous kids per, you know, per class or whatever else. I think, you know, they don't, they are underpaid in some things, you know, in basic, in their basic, you know, their salary per year to the extent of what they have to do. You know, some people just punch a clock, do whatever is necessary for eight hours, and then go home. Well, majority, I'll say this. 
and I'll challenge I'll challenge anybody out there listening to to do this as well. I know we over time. You just bear with me, fellas. Um, call your school. Call your kid's school at four p.m. Okay, call your kids at four p.m. Call your kids' school at four p.m. Let me see how many people you get. You know, make a note of it. If you get more than five people, I, I'll pay you twenty five dollars. If you get more than five people, I will pay you $25. If you get any of their teachers, I'll pay you $25 on the main line. So a lot of people, you know, they punch the clock or whatever time they punch. By 4 o'clock, they're home. They're gone. By 3 o'clock, a lot of them are gone by 3.30. They're out of there. You know, maybe they're outside doing bus duty. You know, who knows? They could be, you know, walking kids to cars or walking kids to buses, excuse me, or whatever. Uh, or cars, yeah, or cars, or, 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 you know, what may have you. But in an eight-hour day and on a 10-month calendar, not including sick days, not, not including the pension and all of that, you know, where else do you make that kind of money? Because most places would attribute those things to income because, let's face it, you know, it is. It's, it's basically income. It, it's a benefit, excuse me. So I don't. While I think teachers should be paid adequately, and I've asked teachers this too, well, what should teachers be paid, Rob? What do you think? Let me ask you that. What do you think teachers should be paid? What you know? What's an adequate starting rate? Oh man, I can't really put. I mean, I don't know. I can't really put a number on it. I think you know, based off, again, like you say, experience, and most people coming in, what what grades you're teaching. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I can't, me personally, I wouldn't want to put a number on just just for sake of not really knowing the ins and outs of a kindergarten teacher, kindergarten through third grade. Then you reach the fourth through sixth grade. I mean, whatever the grade levels. I think, if anything, it should be done by levels. And But I, I, I wouldn't want to be that way saying, well, every teacher now wants to be a high school teacher because they're going to get paid this amount of money. So I can't really say what I... Do, do. Do high and, I, I'm not, and I'm not sure, and I'm really not sure about that. That's something I may have to, you know. I'm sorry. That's see that that's my issue with teacher pay. Uh, to me, I think teachers make enough, but I I don't I think you don't start everybody at at section one. You don't start everybody at at tier one at the bottom level mm-hmm. at entry level, because exactly. you know some circumstances are greater in some of the jobs that they do. So, you know, I, I think it totally needs to be revamped. But also, if you're going to pay more, you know, the pension and the benefits, and you have to give some to get some. Uh, you know, one of the supervisors that works for me always tell his crew, you know, you got to give some to get some. You know, sometimes you got to work past your time. Sometimes you got to do this. Sometimes you got to go above and beyond. But there should be appreciation for that, especially by pay. You know, especially by pay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of things to think about. And, and I know this is not the topic of the show, but, I, you know, we we can't help but the role there. Some it just makes sense and, and sometimes we go over to that. Ron, stick with me one second. We got a call from the six seven eight. You're the only six seven eight call on the air. Who's this? N Y. Hey, what's going on? This Q in Atlanta. What's going on? Q, what's going on, brother? How are you? Doing good. Uh I know this ain't the topic of the show. I just wanna throw this in here real quick. Sure, absolutely. Uh, and also ask the brother, because I assume he's a teacher. A uh, couple of questions, but I am 
find I used to be an honor student, and I've been an honor student ever since kindergarten. And I noticed the disparity, which I think would solve a lot of these public school problems. I think the public school problems are we keep carrying children of dysfunctional families, mixing those with structured families. Big problem. When you have, now there's nothing perfect, but when you have people who in honor school, in in, in honor classes, if you don't maintain a certain grade or whatever the case may be, you're kicked out of honor classes. Everybody agree with that? I'm sure. Sure. Absolutely. So, so if you're not adhering to a certain level as a teacher, you're going to admit there's one or two problems. Either it's the study habit of the child themselves or something going on at home that doesn't allow the child to then, then for excel. But what do you do? In high school, when your kid ain't performing, whether you give a hell about what's going on at home or not, you shoot him to continuation school, don't you? Right. So my thing is we're not doing that for our public school. We're not saying, okay, here's a standard, and in regards to what you got going on at home, gunshots, give a hell. You're going to continuation school. Now, I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm saying that to fix the ultimate problem. These... Education council people, they're like cliques. I feel for male teachers because I think personally most male teachers, even gay ones, excel us past where we're supposed to be because they're an X's and O's type of teacher. They come and teach you bing, bing, bamboo, boom, period, without a lot of the fluff. But and, – and any female that has that type A mentality – without a lot of the fluff. But I I see why when I had to take one class with the regular kids, why they don't learn shit. Half of the people or or one-third or one-tenth of the people in the class got such a screwed-up home life, they they screwing up everybody from learning anything. And they should be in continuation school long ago. But you know what we do? Principal on down, we coddle this situation instead of shooting them over where they need to be, continuation school. Now, what's continuation school going to solve? It's going to let you know what, what do parents do once they get, once their kids get to continuation school. They do one or two things. Why is my kid here, and what do we need to do to get him back to regular school? That's the concern, parent. Yeah. A parent that don't care, she don't care whether he's going to continuation school. Continuation school is just a babysitting for her or him. She don't. You see what I'm saying? And well, they're in lots of right there, what, what about that that one student right there? Where, 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 where does the future lies for that one kid where the parent doesn't care and it's a very small thing to get over the hump? You know, it, it, should that well, be a, a middle ground to the, you know, the continuation school maybe? Right. Well, here, here's what I'm about to say. My personal feeling, because I have a, a, a admiration toward male teachers, my personal experience, these education cliques, these school boards, for whatever reason, they seem to demonize male teachers. I don't understand what it is. I had it happen when I was going to uh, school as a kid. The world's fastest typist uh, was, uh, uh, came volunteered to, uh, as a substitute to our school, and they gave him more shit than anything. And he was just wow. trying to get us dudes to understand that you got to type. So yeah. I'm, I'm answering the question in this way. That kid 
needs to go to the continuation school and be subject to a system that maybe the male teacher is more apt to get into because everything is cultural change. Every business is cultural change. So let's hypothetically say I'm an entrepreneur uh, brother and I got 12,000 black male teachers across the country on a union. Mm -hmm. Just I created a union, which ain't hard to do. Y'all know that. I created the union. We all talking. We on the internet. And now here's this job come up at this uh, school. You know what I'm gonna do? Hey brothers, y'all paying me little dues. I got five job openings at this joint. The five of y'all get in. You set your own parameter. You group together. You vote together. You make it your own system. Just like out here in Atlanta, we got Best Academy. I rarely hear bad news from all boys scenarios. You feel me? Wow. And so that's the, way that's the way I'm answering your question. I'm answering your question in that as black males, what we have forgotten is entrepreneurship and sticking together. We are more concerned with females than we are our own sons. When you look at Obama, Absolutely. this is a side thing. When you look at this is, this is my last point. When you look at Obama created that brother's keeper, what did 200 prominent black men write into the president? What about the brown sisters, the brown girls, and the black girls? Do you not care about the, your own boys? And it took a 1,000 uh, prominent black women to write in and say, no, president, bump them 200 dudes. You're doing what you need to do for these boys. The problem is always and has always been black males are on the simplest stuff when it comes to their sons. And just sons aside, students, you you, you got to do it like that. I think you just think we start need to, we, we need to start leaning more toward creating our own scenarios. And in those three examples, education can win above board, and 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 the male teacher can feel empowered that he don't have to deal with these a holes over the school board. <laughs> wow, you said Q, you 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 had you said a lot there, Rashad. What do you think about uh, some of the things that Q said, man? Um, when it comes to male teachers, I like, again, I think I maybe said something about male teachers, uh, you know, being fathers, and I think they're more so able to key in on, let me not say key on, key in, but being a male teacher, I think it, it is different. Um, it's not more so emotional to them when they're teaching. I, and like I said, I don't know the percentages or, you know, people have done studies or whatever else. I just know by experience you know again I, I do i'm not a teacher in the school system but i do teach uh i teach youth i teach uh you know sunday school and things like that but i do have a, a, a youth class where i teach uh 13 up until 18 and some maybe even 19 20 but there's a difference you know you you know a lot of times that I, the experience that i've got i've uh come across is there's it can't be an emotional uh attachment to the kids and I think with males, they simply go in and they're going to do their job, but they're doing it with the understanding of here's a little girl who needs to be taught, and I'm going to teach her the correct way without being, you know, going and being emotional with her. Or, but you do have to understand she's a female. I'm going to teach this young man. I'm gonna be, and I may be a little bit more stern on him because he's a male. But yet we still have to get the job done. And not saying that, you know, female teachers don't do that, but males don't get as emotionally attached than maybe some female teachers. 
like I said, I don't know the study, I don't know the percentage or um, who who's done what or why, but that's not, you know, that's somewhat how I feel about that situation because when I, when I teach the kids, I understand, you know, me, me having a daughter, I understand that, you know, I can't be as strict on her as I am my male sons because In the same women, way. women are emotional. But I do have a, an agenda to come across, and the agenda is we're going to get this work done. We're going to get, you know, get what we have to do, get across what we have to get across, get what what needs to be done, what needs to be done. And well, Sean, let me ask you a business question. Sure. Let me, ask you a quick, let me ask you a quick business question. So in your field, and I think the host is going to like this, in your field, would it behoove you and your brethren in the honorable teaching field would it, would it behoove you that if there was a system more so specifically for you guys that you could tap into when you're unemployed and almost guarantee that you get job access to any continuation school hiring? How would you feel about that? Well, I think that it would be, it would be something that, it would be it would be a good idea. I mean, I'm not, I'm trying to say it would be something that you know would be something that I could definitely think about and looking to do because that's that's definitely needed. And then, like I said again, it wouldn't be with me. It would be something that uh, males need that need to be looked at as leaders in the community and as well as in the school system. And that's what is needed. You know, I mean, that's and especially brothers. Black men are need to be looked at as leaders within the system, within our community, within America, altogether. And that's something that has been, you know, we've been shying away from as us being leaders. You know, other than you know, people may say, well, you have a black president. You know, besides that, and that would be something that uh, that we definitely can can look to implement because, like I said, you know. I think with uh, a lot of male teachers and black men that they could actually make a difference in that type of situation. And, and like you I know, said, with that, with that union type of uh, atmosphere or that atmosphere where we're able to set the parameters and do those things that we need to do as far as making it happen and with all us, then definitely I, I see that, you know, something that we all, and, and again, like me and my brothers, again, pudgy and, our brothers, again, we all talk about being in that position where we can make a difference, and I feel like we can make a difference just because we are black men and we know so I don't know if that really answered your question, but like I said yeah, yeah it did it did i i, I you know i'm I'm gonna back up uh uh but I just wanted to make this point to the host in in the topic you guys are discussing I, i'm all about let's get to the solution quickly as possible i volunteer i do all this good little stuff but solution. In, in 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 the topic you 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 were discussing i think the main thing is we as brothers have stopped investing with each other we as brothers have stopped creating for each other and i think in our community whether it's white folks involved it doesn't matter in our urban community, we will succeed, I think, the minute we brothers get back to the 1970 brother of pulling each other up instead of focusing on what the girls are doing, instead of focusing on how to include the girls. Because the reality is the girls are doing their thing. Guys have to get Absolutely. back to that. 
to 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 that, and then the the the, the teacher, male or female, won't be as stressed in your conversation. I was listening to because he got an option. Hey, no problem. I'll go join Union Black Man over here, and uh, I I know there'll probably be a job in Alaska somewhere. I just have to jump out, and uh, you know I'm part of that union. I'm I'm good. What? How can I be part of it? No, it's for the black dudes only. I don't, I don't know. Maybe y'all got to create, create your own. And I'm not saying that to be facetious. I'm saying we got to fix these problems. If these black male or male classes, schools like Best Academy out here are doing wonderful for these boys, they not shooting, they not selling dope, they thinking about X, Y, and Z, then that's the experience you got to give them and not put them in this soap opera public school where you're trying to coddle uh, Miss Jane's child who uh, she molests on the weekend and then she sends him to school and maybe he had a sexual relationship with his female teacher for the third time and everybody gave her a five month uh, uh, jail sentence and she right back at it. You got to get these cats out of this environment and get them into school, 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 school. And my last point, hey, even if you got to have him GED out at 16 so he can go to a community college at 17, let's do that. Amen. And that's something, that's definitely something I always support is that, you know, to me now, I'm and, and you know, people who've been listening to the show, they, they know that how I feel about public schools is that they need to be totally revamped anyway. You know, to me, the public school resembles a prison. And, and, and you, you know, you train these kids, you only can walk. You know, I still do it today, and it's crazy. And that's how I know it's, it's also uh, institutionalizing people. You know, you got to walk on the right-hand side. You, you do this on – you know, all that, all that's, all that is, is organization. I get it. You know, I get it in theory, but it also institutionalized these youth, man, and, and they get to the point where they're not talking at, at, at lunch or they're not talking at, you, you know, go out, you go out to eat and you can't have a conversation with them because, you know, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Well, I'm used to not talking while in the lunchroom. So, you know, that stuff carries over outside of school, man, and, it, and it's amazing the impact that school has on all of us. Like, I'm sure we all do something that we learn from school today, this very day. And I'm 35 years old almost. So, you know, it, it, it's crazy. I, I totally think the public school needs to be revamped. I definitely support, I'll say organizations more so than unions because I, from what I've seen in unions, it has definitely left a bad taste in my mouth, if not ran by the people, by the way. If not ran by the people. You know, when you start putting and voting on people in power, you got a problem. When it's all done by the people, kind of similar to a credit union model, that can roll, that can go, and that's definitely a benefit in that. So, you know, well, you know I, I'm, I support all those things. I'm sorry? Well, you know what, as a, host, as, as a host, let me just point this out to you. I was a teamster on the West Coast. Teamsters and, worked. Well, and, and then I came down here to the South. So I will tell I you this. Depending on what union you deal with, it will leave a bad taste you up because I thought all – Unions operated like the West Coast Teamsters, and they don't. You know what I'm saying? The West Coast Teamsters is like the mob. You paying them dues, you will not see a bully boss. You won't see. I mean, man, I remember somebody had me in the meeting one day. The the, the union rep came in. Hey, how you doing, Mr. Whitaker? Go back to work. (laughs) 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 And I swear. They're political thugs. That's what they do over look, here. Look, they, they like to buy elections and seats and all that. Look, look, I'm sitting in front of five cats that want to fire me, right? Well, four cats that want to fire me. 
and uh, my man walked in. Hey, how you doing? Swift? Go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> and I swear it was a, it was a form of protection that I have never felt in my entire life. Like, don't even talk to my man. You see my man on the streets. Don't even address him. <laughs> Checking him. Checking him. Well, listen, man, uh, Q, I appreciate the call, brother. We're getting ready to close this thing out, man. Shout out to all my people out there. Definitely B.I.G. Shout out to you, man. Keep listening and calling in with us and whatnot. Uh, shout out to you, Rashad. B.I.G. Shout out to you, brothers, man. I really appreciate you guys. Don't forget, folks, God is love. Love is God. Communication is the key, as I always leave you guys with every week. Communication is the key. Make sure you open your mouth and hello to somebody before you even ever try to get your point across to them. Because if it was me, I'm going to look at you like you're stupid when you start rah, rah, rah about whatever you're so passionate about and you can't even say hello. All right? Check us out. 619-638-8559 every Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern time on the East Coast. Hour later on the West Coast, we do a B.I.G. Check us out on the website, krpradioshow.com. We're on iTunes. iTunes is on fire this time around. Styles, y'all know I'm a Locks fan, man. Also, check out my people out there in Twitter, Facebook. You know, we all over the place, man. Blog Talk Radio, appreciate the love we get from here. AM, we rocking over here, 580. And, uh, you know, we do a B.I.G., man. We'll catch you guys next week, same time, same place. Don't forget, guys. Do not forget. All right, do not forget, communication is the key. All right, I'm out of here. One love. We'll holler at y'all next week. 21. When you're looking for real truth, real talk radio, make sure you log on to KIRPRadioShow.com. Sunday nights live, 8 p.m. with your host. Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real Only gon' recognize, still, still, I reckon I will Like we always do with this time, I go for mine, I get to shine Now throw your hands